What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly, and today is a takeaways episode. And what a takeaways episode is, if you're New Year's, which I sit down and I talk to you one-on-one about the most recent podcast episode of the week. This is just a one-shot raw, quick, no edit piece of content that I like to give you just a little bonus in the middle of the week so we don't just go Monday to Monday with no content. And today I'm discussing my conversation with Consumed by Carlo. I had a really fun time recording this episode and Carlo is a local food blogger based in Ottawa, Canada. And if you didn't know that, that's because you haven't listened to the most recent podcast episode. So go back and listen to that first before listening to this one. I had an episode come out a couple weeks ago where the takeaways episode got more downloads than the actual episode itself. So I just want to make sure that you listen to the full podcast before you listen to this one. It'll be a lot better for you. The first thing that I want to talk about with Carlo was just how much work building a following takes. I feel like so many people look around and think it's just super duper easy. They say all these people with thousands and thousands of followers, they think, well, why can't I do that? And then they start doing it and within a couple months they give up because it's not going the way they thought it would. And like Carlo talked, he'd been crying and he's been working at this account for over three years now and he's almost at 10,000 followers now, almost. And this last year has been really crucial for him. So I think the first two years he gains around the four or 5,000 mark and he's almost doubled that in the last year. So you have to keep going. It's going to take a lot of work. And like what Carlo was talking about, like one thing I was curious was to the connection with his audience because he's got a really good following and a really good audience. And I was curious how he's built that connection. And he just said it's through the manual work of replying to all the DMs he gets, replying to comments, engaging with his fans and followers. And that takes a lot of time, more time than I think people give it credit for. Like I used to, when I started the podcast, I used to do this thing where I would reply to every single person that followed me as long as like I checked out their profile and they weren't obviously a bot or something like that. I would send everyone a message like, hey, thank you for following the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you get a chance to listen to an episode, I'd love to hear your opinion. And I did that for every single person that followed me for probably the first three to 400 followers that I got. And for every follower that I got, there was at least four or five people that unfollowed me. So you can imagine how many DMs I was sending thanking people for following the podcast. On top of that, there's a couple times where I would go and I would find people on accounts. Like I'd go to Gary V's account and I'd go to people that were commenting on his post. And I would click on people's accounts. I would look for a specific photo and I would send them a message, comment on like this, this specific photo, like, hey, I really like the way you did this or hey, I agree with this and this post. I just kind of build a conversation with them and try and expose them to my account without being like spammy or anything like that. And that took a lot of work, a lot of time, and I'm still under 600 followers. So it's a grind to grow an audience on any platform, even on the podcast. Like it's kind of hit or miss. I have sometimes where episodes will pop off and I'll get quite a few downloads, but most of those people, if not all of them, will not stick around. They'll kind of bounce after that. So it just takes a lot of work. And like another thing that he did that was like, I think that something that really stood out to me was his poster story where he printed off a couple hundred posters and he went around downtown Ottawa to all the tourist spots and he hung up the posters kind of being like, Hey, looking for good places to eat in the city. Check out this blog. It's got all the restaurants, everything you need to know for at consumed by Carlo on Instagram. And just like not, there's not a lot of people that'd be willing to do that. Just like Carlo kind of commented, sounds like somebody would be like giving an interview like way back when they were trying to become famous or something. And that's a very similar story where he was literally like just manual work, doing things that not everybody wanted to do. And that's what's going to help you grow, right? Is doing those things that not everybody is willing to do. Waking up at 5 a.m. to hang up 500 posters around downtown. 
messaging hundreds of people every couple of days, thanking all of your followers, going to new people's accounts and messaging hundreds of people every single day. Not everybody's willing to do that, but those are the things that are gonna separate you and allow you to grow on social media. But just doubling back to the poster thing, I'm really curious to know as to how how or if it worked at all. And I asked Carlo and he wasn't really sure. He said because like he, there was no real way to track it, which obviously, because it's just a poster, but I'm just curious and like I kind of want to do an experiment and try it out because realistically it's not that expensive to do if you're just printing out on a one-page piece of paper. It's low cost and when you think about it, like I in the converse, I had a conversation with Corey Sovey, which was episode number 19, if I'm not mistaken, on the podcast. And he was talking about how he's going to start getting back into like bus advertisements and stuff because he thinks the cost of it's going to start going down. And although the attention isn't all there on a bus advertisement, that there's so much attention and so much clutter in your social media feed now that yes, everybody will be looking at their phone. But when someone does look up and they do see that bus ad, it's going to be more likely to stick with them. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about with this with this postering thing. It's a much cheaper cost of entry than running a bus ad. And I find myself reading when I'm like walking to work and stuff. I can't be on my phone the entire way. So I'll find myself if I'm stuck stuck at a stoplight or something. I'll like read the poster on the on the on the post. And I'm just wondering like would that like someone might not necessarily not everybody's gonna look at your poster. And if you advertise on Facebook or something, obviously your reach and your targeting, everything's gonna be much better. And it's still at an affordable price, but with a, like something with postering, it doesn't cost a lot to print, and there's less clutter when it comes to that to the to, not the feed, but to people viewing your advertisement. So I'm just wondering if maybe maybe that's something to test out that I want to try out because I'm really curious to see how it works. Right? Like, I, like I just said, your feed is so cluttered, so cluttered, so many posts, so many advertisements. There isn't that many like posters hanging up around the city. Obviously there's quite a few, but there's nowhere near as much as you consume through your phone in a day. So not necessarily everybody will look at that poster, but there's probably a higher likelihood of them, like if they actually read it, remembering it and registering what that is and them kind of remembering your brand. So just something curious I've been kind of thinking about ever since Carlo told that story on the podcast. But all these stories that we're talking about happened over the course of three years. So he was saying how there's many points where he wasn't sure if he was going to stick with it. He felt like deleting the account every couple days and he just wasn't really sure like if he was going to stick with it. And that's tough. Like when you're creating content and nobody's liking it, nobody's watching and nobody's following it, it's tough to do. But at the end of the day, if the only reason that you're making content is to get views and to be famous, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons you need to figure out you need to figure it out but you need to create content that you genuinely enjoy to create otherwise it's not going to be sustainable like with this podcast i'm nowhere near famous i don't have a lot of followers but i'm still making because i enjoy the process of sitting down and talking to someone and learning their story and then going through and editing it all and if you're just making content because you think that's what's popular and that's what's in right now and it's going to get you famous you're not doing it for the right reasons and i would be I would look pretty silly if I would sit here and say that you just shouldn't want people to watch it at all. Obviously, I would love it if a million people listen to this podcast every single week. It's cool that when someone consumes the content that you create, of course, I'm not dumb. But at the end of the day, like if that's the only reason, that's the biggest part here. If the only reason you're creating content is for the hope that people watch it and to become famous, then you're making it for the wrong reasons. You're totally allowed to enjoy it 
if people are consuming your content and the things that you create. That's not what I'm saying. You just can't, you have to make sure that it's not the only reason that you're creating. But when you're, when you're in the middle of trying to grow an account or something like that, and nobody's like, that was a terrible way to transition out of that. What I'm trying to say here is when he was talking about how he wasn't sure if he wanted to keep doing it and like he felt like deleting the account, it reminded me of Seth Godin's The Dip. And if you're unfamiliar with what The Dip is, it's one of Seth Godin's books. I've never actually read it myself. I've just heard it discussed in other podcasts. And what the premise of Seth, Seth Godin's The Dip is, is there's a point where things are going well and then you're going to hit a dip in your, in your growth. Things are going well, maybe they're steady, maybe they're going a little bit, and then you're gonna hit a dip. And what happens with that dip is you have to push through the dip and then things are gonna start going up again. And that's kind of where I thought with Carla, like things were going okay and they were steady, but then he wasn't really, wasn't doing as well as he thought, things weren't going great, he hit a dip. And the dip is where we have to make a pivotal decision. And when we're in that dip, it's whether we continue and we persevere and we push through, or we give in and we quit and we look for something else. And that's very, very hard to do is to decipher whether when you hit a dip, whether you need to persevere or whether you need to kind of pack it all in. It's a very hard skill to master and to understand to know exactly when you should give in. Right now, would I consider myself in a dip with the podcast? Not really. I'm still probably in a consistent consistent thing. Maybe a little bit of a dip, but not one that's enough to make me stop consuming. But you have to be aware of where you're at. And if you hit a dip, you have to under you have to be able to figure out whether it's worth it to keep going. But another thing in terms of before we even get to the dip and before you've even had some consistent growth is starting. And I feel like a lot of people I mentioned this in the podcast stress about gear when they're just starting out. And I found it very interesting that Carlo has grown his account to almost ten thousand Instagram followers by using his cell phone and nothing more. That's pretty cool. Everybody. Like, not everybody. I feel like it's a very common thing for people to stress about what gear, what camera are you using? Like, what are all the features of this camera? Like, but at the end of the day, your phone is more than good enough. What you need to be doing is you not necessarily like a great photo is only going to get you so far. You have to be able to build a connection with your audience and tell a good story. If that's not there, then why are people going to follow you? That's the issue with photographers that want to try and grow. Like, yes, you can grow by being a good photographer, but there are so many talented photographers out there. And you need to build that connection with your audience. And it's hard to build a connection with somebody when you're just posting landscape photos all the time. And that's why I think a thing that I thought even going into this podcast before Carl and I even sat down was one of the reasons I thought that he was growing and he was going, things were going well for him was the fact that he did show his face on his account. And yes, he's not like the biggest food blog in the world, but he's growing and he's growing at a consistent rate. And I'm expecting him to continue his growth trajectory. And it's because he's so good at building that connection with his audience. And just by showing his face and telling a good story, like that's how he's been able to do it. It's not because his photos are the best. They're good photos. They're really good photos, especially when you consider that they were taken on a phone. But like at the end of the day, would him bringing out a big DSLR and taking the photos with a DSLR really make a bunch more people follow him? Probably not. So at the end of the day, like your phone is good enough. And if you're just starting to, don't go out and buy this big, fancy, expensive camera, especially if you don't know if you're going to like it. Maybe you want to start vlogging. Cool. Don't go out and buy a Canon 1DX Mark II for thousands and thousands of dollars to start your vlog because that's what famous vloggers like Peter McKinnon are using. 
Start with your phone and figure out if you're going to like it first. Because if you're not even going to like it using your phone, then why would you drop like $5,000 on a camera? And then you're going to, like, imagine starting a vlog and not liking it. Okay? Now you start with your phone and you don't like it. Okay, so you stop, you tried it, you don't like it, whatever. Now imagine you go out, you buy a $5,000 camera and you don't like it. Now you don't like it and you're out $5,000. So phone, one, you can produce good enough content with it. Like I said, it's about the story and not necessarily of whether you can get 120 frames per second in buttery smooth slow motion. And two, it's a good way to test things out whether you actually like it or not. And like that's what I'm doing right now. I'm vlogging every single week on YouTube right now. It's like not like a, it's like a daily vlog where I, pr- I kind of capture content throughout my week. I document my week and then I just throw it all together on the timeline at every single Sunday and post it the following week. Um, and I just use my phone. I don't use a camera. I have a DSLR at my disposal, but it's just easier to vlog with my cell phone. Uh, it's obviously not that great. Like I don't put a lot of effort into the vlogs, so it's not that my cell phone isn't allowing me to capture high quality content. It's more so the fact that like, I don't really take the time to produce the high quality content but you can do some great things with your phone and I think if you're just starting out that you shouldn't let that be a barrier to you starting and speaking of when you're starting an important thing that Carlo talked about was backlogging content having kind of like a catalog of posts that you can make that you've already had they have pre-made that you can just post this is so important if you want to stay consistent, you need to have that backlog of, of posts, of videos, of photos, of podcasts, whatever it might be, because trying to constantly produce in real time and in the moment is very, very difficult to do. With my podcast, there's so much that goes into an episode and getting it out. I have to find a guest, find a date to record with the guest, do the research with that guest, edit the entire podcast, edit the vlog, edit, or edit the video, edit the social content. There's so much that goes into putting out a podcast every single week that if I were trying to do it in real time, I'd probably run into some issues. And like well, I went to New York a couple months ago and I recorded 10 podcasts in six days, which was great because that's almost three months worth of content I got in a week. And then I was able to edit that over time and schedule those over the course of the next three months or so. And then when I finished editing that one, I had probably a month and a bit's worth of content that I had um, like runway to get new content. So it's allowing me to stay ahead. So if I miss a week where a guest cancels on me last minute and we're not able to record or something happens, or maybe I just want to take a break from editing all the time. I am able to do that and I can still stay consistent. You should do whatever you can to develop a backlog of content that you can use so that when if you run into issues where you can't create content that day or that week, you're safe and you're not going to miss an upload time. The last thing that I want to talk about with this Consumed by Carlo podcast episode, it just made me like hungry. Like after we were done, I was like, man, I just want to go to all these like trendy local little food spots and try all the food and stuff. Like I just, I don't know why. And now like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to start a food blog. Like I don't have the time to start one. But now I'm like, man, it'd be great to start one, like to try all these cool spots and post this food and every time I'm walking past a restaurant I'm like oh I should go there and you know I could probably get a good photo in there like I don't know that's just like I don't know what it was about the conversation but obviously because he's a food blogger and that was like a big part of the conversation but now I'm just like wanting to go to all these trendy local little restaurants and see what kind of photos I can take and post them but obviously I don't have time to do that I don't have time to start a food blog I've already got my podcast I run several Instagram Twitter social media accounts with work I don't have time to put another one on my plate but that being said I can still take the photos for me maybe I like blog about it on medium who knows maybe I do make a small account where I can post my food just for me 
I really don't think so. I don't really have the time to do that. But I can still take photos of my food and put them somewhere else. Who knows? But yeah. And it made me hungry. And if you go to Carlo's Instagram account, it's going to make you hungry too. Again, he's at consumed by Carlo on Instagram. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Jacob Kelly on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to follow the podcast, see clips from the show, you got one minute ones on Instagram at at my social pod. And you have probably three to 10 minute ones on YouTube at just searching up my social life. I also post a full video there as well. If Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.